0: what's up and welcome back to the dream mason podcast i'm your host alex taranova i'm a dream mason a performance coach i work with strong and successful people to boldly declare what they want Get real about what's in the way and create the strategy and the steps for more clarity, freedom and success in their life. Together, we get things done faster, raise the bar on your goals, improve your relationships and get crystal clear on what you really want. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn or YouTube and please leave a review on iTunes. Follow me, Inspirational Alex on Instagram and share this podcast with a friend. Now, a Dream Mason is a person who is brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. Now, I know we all have a Dream Mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves. I wanna give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. I won't let anyone sponsor this show, but I've personally done Accomplishment Coaching, their year-long life leadership training program, and it changed my life completely. Besides giving me a new career, it supported me to improve my relationships with my family, my friends, make the most money I've ever made, find more joy, and overall live a much more powerful life. So if you're interested in coaching, transformational work, or leadership training, accomplishment coaching is definitely the world's finest training program. Let's get into this episode. What's up, and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. I want to start today's episode, um, just sharing a little bit, be, and I don't normally do this as a way to start an episode, but I was on my way into the podcast studio today and I was feeling super grateful and happy and just like, man, my life is so good. And and just all the different areas, even the areas that aren't perfect, because nothing's ever perfect, but even the areas that aren't perfect are like in a, in a positive direction. There's communication, there's... I feel really good about all the areas and I feel like there's so much possibility. And I just finished this amazing weekend course that I got like tons of value. I really felt like over the last five years of, of developing myself this weekend kind of was like, they, they filled in the gaps of things that were missing and kind of made it all come together. And I had this analogy where if you guys remember Jurassic park, they couldn't get the dinosaur DNA and then they took, um, frog DNA and filled in the blanks. And then they were able to make the dinosaurs. And that's how I felt after this weekend was like, it was like frog DNA and, and something just got let go. I, uh, I went on Monday night and went to karaoke for the first time in my life. I've never done that. Karaoke was like my kryptonite. I'll speak in front of As many people as you want to put, I'll, you know, I'm not, I've jumped out of an airplane. There's things I'm like very not afraid of, but karaoke, dancing, certain things like that, that I felt like I could be made like a fool or look stupid or look bad, not essentially be kind of like cool and put together. I think that's like the guy version of perfectionism. Um... I went and I did it and it, it wasn't great, right? I think the first time you ride a bike, you're not great. So, I, but that was the first time I related to it like that. And I was really clear that like nothing was happening. They were just people and sounds and, and musical notes. And that's all that was really in existence. And I was so clear on how from that place and it's not about karaoke, anything is possible. Because if I can just always just go beyond where whatever the fears or the reasons or whatever, then I and we can do whatever we want. And the contrast to this is the week that we're recording this episode, there's been like three shootings in the United States. You know, there's people being told they're not welcome in the country and like children are being separated from their parents. There's primarily like African-American men being beat up by police. There's white men shooting people. There's... I mean, and we could go on and on, right? Like I'm not, none of these are better or worse than any, but this all hit me like a ton of bricks as I was in the, on the way to the studio today. And I just got hit with like overwhelming sadness and like this feeling of like, well, this just sucks. Like, so great. I'm living this amazing life, but like the community, the world around me is like, almost feels like it's in shambles, um, and I'm sharing it just because I don't know that we do that, and I think we we spend so much time sharing like our vacations and the highlights of our life, which is an important part, right? Like I'm my life is great, and it's incomplete because the world around me isn't great. It's like if your life's great and your kid's life sucks, your life isn't. There's something missing, and. I don't know what to do with that, but I wanted to share it and, um, and just be with the sadness. Like there's nothing I can do to make it go away or change it. Um, I'm excited to also talk about this with our guests today. Uh, but I just wanted to share that as a, as a lead in. And, and I think for me, it's a, it's big. Cause I used to not actually care about what was going on in the world. Cause they were like, just not, they weren't me. They were disconnected from me. And, and I just don't see it that way anymore. Like If my life is great, but the world's life sucks, then my life isn't great. So uh, again, and we're not doing a sad podcast today, um, but I had to, I had to bring that in. So my guest today, well, this is a first I have to, I have to, we have to start with this (laughs) is, has been involved or connected to with the Girl Scouts for 33 years. So clearly she's not a child. Um, But when I heard that, I was like, I didn't even know that was possible, like, that, I didn't know that was a thing. I was never really, I was never a Boy Scout. I don't know anything about this world, uh, except that Girl Scout cookies are like the best thing ever. And Girl Scouts are stealing our money every year at a certain time. Um, but so she was a Girl Scout for 33 years. For 20 years, she's also worked in uh, special, special education. She's currently a sixth and seventh grade teacher in special ed. At one point, she worked with a student for thirteen years, one on one, which is incredible. Um, and she's also spent twelve years doing professional and personal growth on with herself for herself. But also now she leads this work in um, in in various ways. And that's how we met. I uh, I put myself into a course. She was the leader of the course. And I think the thing that I really want to share about her that. I was most impressed with was the people in the course with me were not all transformed, um, and I don't mean that from like judgment or whatnot. But some of they, everyone had different levels of growth, and you know if we look at an onion, right? We peel off layers. Some of them, it's like only that first layer was peeled off, and there were other people that five layers were peeled off. And I think I was really impressed with her ability to be with all the range of the people, and when you're in a group like that there's a lot of pushback. People, you know, their stuff comes up. And she was able to be like really flat and really calm and just stand and be in her commitment to them having a breakthrough and a change and and something going differently. And I got to see a lot of these people shift and I had some breakthroughs and some shifts. So I, I wanted to bring her on and share her with you guys and just create a, um, we don't have a plan. We're just going to kind of create a fun conversation today. My guest today is Megan Brady. Megan, welcome to the Dream Mason podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for that introduction. It's um, warms my heart. You're
0: welcome. So thank
1: you. I, yeah.
0: Is there anything so we can, we don't have to stay here. I, I don't want to stay here the whole podcast, yeah. but is there anything that comes up for you like around what I shared to start like?
1: Yes. So what you what you said about, you know, your life's great and we always share about what's great about life and typically don't say, hey, my life is a mess right now. And I'm pretending like I've got it all together, which is 100 percent of the population of humans. Uh, you know, there's some area that's not working. Uh, and it, I think it's actually what keeps us separate. And also, too, like you said, with the the shootings and, you know, telling people that they're not welcome here is really what you said, a function of that's not me, but it is. And the moment that people actually start to see, no, that's a human being over there. That's me. I'm a human being. That's a human being. Until that happens, it's going to continue to go the way it goes. You know, if you got that's me over there, you would never beat someone you would never hit someone you it's the separation which is you know welcome to humanity we're all trying to be separate and unique and but we're all the same yeah so yeah and it's uh i get what you're saying like the sadness you know after i heard about the news about the shooting i was like you know the first my first reaction is like stop it like just stop that's a stop You know, and then once you, once I got past that, then it's like, okay, well, this isn't working. So, you know, what can I do to touch the people around me? Because I know at some point, you know, and I'm sure you experience this too. You make a difference with the person, you know, the person who's right in front of you. Then that makes a difference with someone else. It makes a difference with someone else. Eventually, we're going to reach the person that's going to end war. We're eventually going to reach the person that ends hunger, that ends child abuse, that ends you know, like we're going to eventually make that difference. And sometimes it's hard to see.
0: Yeah. There's moments where it feels like we're headed as a, as human beings in a positive, like we're, we're headed to a tipping point where it's going to be different, where we're actually, you know, it's like we have enough food to feed everyone, mm-hmm. but yet we don't feed everyone. So it's not mm-hmm. about like, we don't have enough. We we have enough. We all know we have enough. It's that's factual. But yet we don't, so there's something at play about who we are and who we're being and how we relate to each other. And this isn't a, I I always make this statement and it's not a pro or not pro gun statement. It's a, guns don't actually fire themselves. It requires a human being, right? If we took the guns away, we could use cars to hurt each other. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of things we can do. So yes, we can make changes to things, but ultimately it's about us as human beings and our responsibility and I, Like, I guess, what do you what do you do or what do you say to people around you? Because it's it's now we're in a place where like, hey, this is just a regular thing. This is actually just what's happening. And like, how do you deal with it? How do you be with it? What do you say to people around you that struggle with it or are totally resigned to it?
1: Uh, So there is a certain level of resignation for sure, where it's like, I don't even know what I can. You know, there's sometimes i forget the amount of power i have which is again welcome to humanity and 100 <laughs> the population we forget how powerful we are you know we forget the difference one person can make you know if you look at uh, dr martin luther king jr there was one person and the difference that he made and the i one thing that i do to I don't want to say combat because it has it being like an adversarial relationship, but to combat the injustices and the things that are happening in the world is—I make it a point to stand for people getting there that they have that power. They're one person that can make any kind of difference that they want. Now, for some people, they want to make a difference with the person right in front of them. For some people, they want to make a difference with their small community, their family, society as a whole, and. How I deal with that is I I really have conversations with people, and they're usually uncomfortable conversations where I'm like, "You need to stop it right now. You're being <laughs> small. Just knock it off. You can't convince me that you're not a giant human being." Um, but <laughs> sorry, you know, go sell that somewhere else. I'm not buying it. Uh, but I really work with people and stand for them getting their powerful beyond. What they can imagine, what, beyond what I could imagine, beyond anything anyone can really comprehend. And so that's, you know, because like you said, you take away the guns and it, it it doesn't shift what it's like, you know, when you have a cold, what causes the cold is a virus. But what we treat is the symptoms because we don't have anything to cure the virus. We just have to wait it out. So the guns are the Cold medicine to cure the symptoms, but what we have to deal with is the virus, and we don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we get so fixated on the symptoms, right? Like, look, we can do whatever we want about the symptoms, but we're still gonna be horrible to each other. Uh-huh. I remember, I had this thought this morning, and it it was, it it kind of like shook me. I was, it was, I was on my way to yoga, and my mind was really calm, but I was like thinking about these things, and I had this thought. I don't know if you where you were what you remember around like 911 time and I, I was in I was in college I remember waking up and being like wait this isn't real I was like are they playing like a new die hard on TV like it just didn't occur as reality and one of the things that struck me the most through through all of it wasn't that what happened cuz it was just almost a function of war right like mm-hmm. that that was just their weapon yeah um But more so house people, you know, when we send our military or typically like the the military that America uses isn't a function of I'm going to we're not going to sacrifice our people. Their job is to come home. And a successful mission would be they they did whatever they're supposed to do and they all came back. Mm -hmm. But some other I don't know how to say like cultures or groups their tactics are different. It might be like, no, your job is to sacrifice yourself. Like in World War II, there were kamikaze pilots. Like their right. job was to actually crash their plane. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, especially like in, in the Middle East and whatnot, and it happens in Israel all the time, people are blowing themselves up. And I used to not understand, like, how could you, how are you thinking, like, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to be gone? Like you are you believe in a cause so much that you'd be willing to die for it. And unfortunately, it's not a cause like Martin Luther King's. It's, he, you know, he was trying, willing to die for something that he believed was good. And I, I guess other people think that what mm-hmm. they're doing is good also. But I didn't think I'd ever see that here. And that's the thing that hit me this morning was people are going out, shooting and hurting a bunch of people. And they're actually willing often to either shoot themselves or be shot, which is no difference than strapping a bomb to your chest.
1: Mm-hmm. So if you look... If you look at how humans are designed, we all in some way trash our lives, whether it be trashing your relationships, whether it be proving that you're not good enough, what like, however you choose to trash your life. And I think it goes, it's just a different version of trying to prove something, trying to be something, you know, um, everyone at some point when they're a kid decides something about themselves. I'm not good enough. I am bad. I suck. Whatever it is. It's never very nice. And, um, you know, and then you spend your whole life either proving that or compensating for it. So for myself, I decided when I was real little, I'm garbage. And so I spent my whole life either proving or compensating, proving or compensating. So I would, uh, get in trouble for not turning in my homework like my I went to a private school and they give us these little golden rods and you have to get them signed by your parent and I had so many like I swear the teacher must have gone through an entire ream of this paper on me (laughs) in a school year so I would have I would not do my homework or I would do it and not turn it in Uh, but then on my report card I always said pleasure to have in class I was super helpful. I would, you know, like making up for that I'm garbage. So I'd prove that I'm garbage and making up for it. And it still shows up today. Like I'll do something great. You know, like I, over the last two years, I lost 35 pounds and then I'll go and eat junk food for three weeks and, you know, like trash it. So everyone's got some sort of way they trash their life. These people have chosen that particular expression of trashing their life. And it still comes from a, like not being whole and complete. And like you said in the beginning, not getting that's you over there, that that person that you're shooting is you. Yeah. And sometimes, you, you know, your view of yourself is so bad, you, you kind of don't even want other people to be you, but sure. really getting I'm whole and complete, they're whole and complete, we're all part of the same family. You know, and I think that's what, it's really just a, it goes back to we having to, be separate like I'm separate and if you look at how much people spend either being unique or not being unique because they think they are like there's it's there's always the front of the front and back you can't ever have one without the other and people just they'll find a way to trash their life somehow
0: it reminds me too of most people are probably not going to go hurt a mass group of people like most are not going to are just not going to do this but what most of us do do in a in I want to say a, um, maybe a microcosm or a small way is like my version is I'm not going to go out and hurt a bunch of people, mm-hmm. but I'll sit in a room and judge everyone uh-huh. and pick them apart, and it's it's not actually I'm really clear it's not about them whether I make fun of the way a person looks or the way they talk or the way they sound or the the clothes mm-hmm. they wear or whatever, it's. The pieces of me that I'm uncomfortable with, and the, and that's how I practice the like, hey, that's me over there, yeah. Because I'll look at somebody and I'll I'll make my judgment or whatnot, and it's it's typically I'm judging something that I'm uncomfortable with about myself, and then if I'm being responsible and doing my own work, I go, man, I'm making it worse. Like my judging that person's body or that person's clothes. All of a sudden, I notice like, wow, I'm judging my body, I'm judging my clothes, and now my life becomes. Worse versus hey, what could I look over there and see that actually I love about that person? And there's always something, it might not be the first thing we see, but if we're willing to look, there's something,
1: yeah, yeah. And I love that you said that the like noticing of it because it's not wrong, like, it's not bad that we are judging other people, it's not bad that you know, I either prove I'm sucker I don't you know like it's none of that's bad but in the seeing of it the noticing of it you then can choose one or the other and so you know it's and it's usually through that is your access so you know and people trash their lives in different ways like you know I'm in this extraordinary relationship like with the man of my dreams yeah he
0: brought you two coffees
1: I know <laughs> The man of my dreams and I get upset that he eats blueberries at night <laughs> because I'm like worried a blueberry's gonna fall and stain something. Okay. So and I'll say and you know you it's but it's funny because we have these different things that we do but in the moment when I'm so upset that he's like, I'm like stop with this the blueberries like stop it. <laughs> I miss that he's he won't eat at the table cause he wants to sit with me. you mm. like, he wants to yeah. be close to me. He wants to have a conversation with me and be with me while he eats his blueberries. But you know, like you can't, you know,
0: <laughs> so, that's, that's so, how I
1: like to trash my if, life. <laughs> if you
0: ever, if you ever write like a relationship book, it's gotta be like something about like eat your blueberries. Stop eating the blueberries. Yeah, yeah, something like uh, Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Okay. So, is there anything else I would love to like spiral this up? Yeah, um, no, that's yeah. Cool. Um, so let's talk about you know I met you through personal development leadership. Um, what's the biggest you you shared the the garbage? What's the thing that has you you twelve years right? Like yeah. I've been doing this in my life for five, and it and and I'm really clear it will never stop and it will never yep. end. How did, what's the like short version of why you said yes the first time to get in? And then what's the thing that keeps you just like every day coming back?
1: So the, the first time what what I said yes to was uh, I was having a conversation with someone and she was like, do you want to do this? Like she asked one thing. And then for about 10, 15 minutes, I said, yeah, I want to, but I don't know. And I, like, the, I just was back and forth and like, she didn't even, poor thing, didn't even get to say anything. And I was just like talking to myself. And then she says, let me ask you a question. I said, you know, I do this in every area of my life. I can't make a decision for anything. And so I actually saw there was something else. I just saw there was something else possible. Like I didn't have to be who had always been. And, you know, like I would... Spend an hour picking out toothpaste. Like I had to be. I, I really would. I would sit there and I would take this. I would take this one and read it and go. Okay, well this has the and comparing and looking and and it it was not about the toothpaste. I was afraid to make the wrong choice. So you know, then when it went to make a big decision, I was so concerned about making the wrong choice. And I just there was a moment I I could see. I didn't have to be that way anymore, like and so I just started at that moment I took on my development I and I just went for it and there was a point where I backed away from growing and I made a real mess out of my life I started dating an alcoholic and then eventually it was just it was a mess I didn't have any power in my life I gained a ton of weight like I was just not happy and then when I and I went back because a, a friend of mine was leading a program and I was like well you know she's leading the program I'll go you know support my friend and then I was like oh, that's right, I got to develop myself. Like this is, it's not okay to live life just the way it is anymore. It's just not okay anymore to just go, like throw my hands up in the air. Um, so, and then, you know, I just, uh, you know, it's like I said earlier, I know at some point I'm going to make a difference with someone who's going to make a difference with someone. And I don't know how many times removed who's going to end war? who's going to end hunger? who's going to you know there's just going to come a point and uh I really am that in my lifetime I'll see a shift in what it means to be human. Like before I take my last breath I'm going to see people loving each other. Not just the person right in front of them, but themselves, the, their communities, their I'm going to like I'm going to see it. And so you know, I'll, do, I'll spend my life doing that because I just am that I'll see it. That's, <laughs> and there's no evidence for it. No,
0: but <laughs> it's, it's a be- totally created. But, but it's like a beautiful thought, like the way that we often are. I was picturing, like, what if the way I was with my family? Right. And that's not always good either. But the way I was with my family, <laughs> like in the in the, those loving moments, mm-hmm if I was like that with my neighborhood or my, you know, just the, just the apartment complex I live in, right? Like it doesn't even have to, if I just started there, that would be a thing. Yeah. Um, but it occurs as like so hard and not realistic and challenging, like I don't know them, but it comes back to like, you know, if my, the way I kind of pull myself back is like, look, if my apartment complex is a mess. Then even if my in my unit is beautiful, I have to I can't just stay in my unit. That's not a thing. I have to leave and come back. And if the the apartment complex itself is a mess, then there's an aspect of my life that's a mess. Mm-hmm. And I and that's sometimes the way I try I try to remind myself is like it can just look like that like I had a conversation with a guy once about who wasn't willing to help like homeless at all. Mm-hmm. He was just unwilling and he looked at it as like this is their responsibility like we're responsible for our lives and they're not doing anything about it. And and who knows, right? Cuz every person is different. Right. We can't say they're not doing anything about it. And I'm all about personal responsibility. That's they don't have to exist separate. But what I got clear was like I remember saying to him So you're okay with walking down the street and there being homeless people all over the place. Mm -hmm. For me, I don't want to live in a place where that's filthy and dirty and people are sleeping all over the place. So, yes, it's kind of selfish. But at the same time, in that selfishness, those people would get to win because they don't have to live like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, you know, it's funny because we think... We think is is humans it's again in that the human design and human nature. We think if someone wins, that means someone loses, mm-hmm. but that's actually it's a superstition. It's not the case. I, if I have you win, I'm gonna win. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime you do something good for someone else, or you. If you cleaned up your apartment, you, it would take a lot of work, or your complex, you'd walk through it, you would feel good. Other people would feel good, and people would probably be like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize it could look like this. Oh, I see a piece of trash, let me pick it. You know, because if it's all messy, and then there's a piece of trash, it just blends into the background. Mm-hmm. But everything's clean, and there's a piece of trash, It's a, it's, a, it shows up. It's like, oh, that doesn't... It then is a contrast and then people will be like oh let me, yeah. let me grab that but at the moment it's just part of the the background
0: oh that's really well said um i wanted to get your take because i know a lot of people when you were describing like how you got in and whatnot and the things and both of us have shared some things that aren't mm-hmm. that are like we could relate as wrong with us right like the, <laughs> we could relate to it that way i'm not yeah. saying this right like yeah. the weight the judging You know, what all the things, the dating, the alcoholic, we could say like, these are problems in my life. Mm -hmm. And often I come across people who think that like personal growth, self-help, like anything. It could be from therapy to coaching to a workshop or course Mm -hmm. is about fixing our problems. So some people are like, well, I don't have like my problems are normal. Like they're not going to go away. And they they look at it like it's this for broken Mm -hmm. versus I think of it. It's about expansion. It's about running a four minute mile instead of a five minute mile. Five minute mile is incredible, but if you could run it in four, why not? You yeah. know, if you could have five percent body fat instead of eight, why not? Right? If that's what you want, right. but eight would be incredible. But if you ha- but if you wanted five, why not?
1: Right. Um, I think I think just think you're dead on where it does come from a view that people are broken, and again, that comes from something real young. You know, generally. Before ten, you know there has like been something. You know, it might be traumatic. It might not be traumatic. It might be, uh, you know, for me there was a moment I was in. So I was in kindergarten. And I'm super smart, right? I, did, I went to a private school. We had to do an IQ test. My IQ was crazy ridiculous, and I was and I'm sitting there, and I wasn't allowed to go to recess because I had to finish my work, and I'm sitting there re- copying, not even writing, copying these three letter words. And I just couldn't, like, focus. And there was a moment I was like, this is stupid. Why can't I do this? And right there, like, that is the, I say that so often, you know, when it goes to eating right. It's like this, I'll, you know, grab a, I love those uh, Rice Krispie treats, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're so good. (laughs) And I will, like, grab one and be eating it, going, what am I, like, this is stupid. Why can't, like, why can't I do this? And it's, so it's just something that keeps perpetuating itself. So at some point, someone, if they decide they're broken, you're either proving it or compensating for it, so they'll, they won't they will wanna do something, because it's like, no, no, I'm not broken, I'm not broken, I'm not broken. And it's like, well, we know you're not.
0: Yeah.
1: We know you're not broken, you gotta know you're not broken. And so that's really, I think what's there for people is they're like, no, I'm not broken, no, I'm not broken. And it's just hard for humans, because it just, We haven't – if you look at overall, it's about surviving, sacrificing things, fixing problems. Like, it's just – that's kind of what life's been about for 2,000 years. And so it's sometimes difficult to get, oh, no, I'm not broken. There's just something else possible here. And, you know, it just takes some people five minutes to realize that. Some people – five years, some people 15, 20, like it, people move at their own speed. I'd like them to move faster, but you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and all we can do, cause you know, as someone who's in the world of transformation and standing for what's possible, all we can do is keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. Cause we might be able to have that 15 years it takes come down to 10 or the, you know, like, and it'll only happen out of the people who, do see nobody's broken, standing for, no, no, you're not broken. You don't have to fix anything. And if you look at the world, everyone's trying to fix something.
0: And this is a great thing because I'm really curious about how you see this, like the perfect lead-in, because you work with 6th and 7th graders in uh-huh. special ed. Yeah. They're not broken either. No. And and I'm, I'm clear, right? Like I was... I I found out I had learning disabilities mm-hmm. when I was like in early elementary school. I had an eye convergence issue, and I got my story from a few things. But one was like my eyes didn't work mm-hmm. right. Like they did the muscles just didn't weren't strong. Right. And but as a like a six year old right, I go to the doctor and I hear the doctor say like. I don't remember, but something's wrong with his eyes. He has to do these exercises. And my mom was a beast. I mean, we did these things every day, every day for, I think, like six weeks or something. And when we went back to the doctor, this I remember. He literally said, this is incredible. You fixed it. Uh-huh. And he said, we've never seen someone have 100% improvement. Wow, and my mom just—we did it every. Week. I remember doing the exercises and not thinking that much about it, just that I had to do it. I was six, you know, like right. But and it was like it'll never change. He got now his eyes have the muscles are strong enough and he'll be good. But m- that belief of like, I I'm broken and I but I can fix whatever's broken about me yeah. is something that sits in my mind. So it's whenever it's like I have the capabilities or I cannot fix it and then I stay broken. But what I was clear to now as an adult is, like, my learning disabilities only actually existed because someone made a box and said, this is how you're supposed to learn, Mm -hmm. which was made up. And I didn't fit in the box. Right. Now, I could do things. I think my ability to, like, talk and have a conversation like this and my charisma and my, like, comfortable with humans Mm -hmm. is because of my learning disabilities. Because while those kids were off, like studying and doing all the things, I didn't get to like be in those classes. Right. I had to figure out how to get by in school without knowing all the things. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned how to like talk to the teachers and like ask for extra stuff or like make friends with the super smart kid. So they would tell me like what I needed to know. Yeah. How do you see it when it comes like and how do you work with these? Because I'm sure some of these kids feel like that they're, there's something wrong with them.
1: Uh, all, all of them so it's like you said when you were six there was you decided something's broken I fix it so they've all at some point had something where they noticed they didn't learn as well or they couldn't read most of my kids have difficulty reading uh, I have a lot of kids who have dyslexia uh, and so which you know is it's not it's actually something that cannot be fixed mm. what kids learn is they learn strategies okay. and they learn and there's ways to rework the brain and um, so while I'm, I do research based programs with them and, you know, we do a lot of intensive work to give them what they need so that they can read, uh, and function And you know, we provide accommodations and okay, you know, let me give you visual or give me auditory, whatever. We're really good about giving kids what they need and information the way they need it. At my school anyway, I can't speak for outside of my school site, um, for me personally, I make sure that I tend to the student. And so I've got kids who have pretty awful behavior problems, like throwing things, um, get caught vaping. They're 12 and they get caught vaping. Like just the the worst, you know, the worst student ever. <laughs>
0: and she's just she's quoting. I, while did, while she's I did my little
1: quote. I forgot. You can't see me. Uh, you know what we we would typically call just a horrible student their behavior problem and da, 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 is I make it a point to when they do something that's outside the rules or you know that they know they really shouldn't be doing is I'll pull them aside and I'll find out what's going on and make sure that they're clear I know they're not a bad kid because they get labeled that kids get labeled that's the bad one that's the dumb one that's the whatever and so i make i make it a point to have conversations with my students you're not a bad kid you're not stupid i don't allow that kind of you know they'll be like oh i'm so dumb i'll be like excuse me our number one rule in this classroom is to be respectful that includes yourself Uh like you cannot you just can't um and i make sure that they are so clear i don't think they're bad I don't think they're stupid. I don't think they're anything other than awesome. And I'll say, do sometimes you make choices I wish you didn't make? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I'm realistic with them. But I make sure that they are so clear that not only do I care about them, but I don't think, I think they're great. I just think they're awesome. And uh, even when they're doing something that's not great, I'm like, that's this isn't who you are. Yeah. It's a choice you made. I wish you would make a different choice. Let's see what we can do next time. Um, and that actually handles a lot of behaviors and it handles I'd actually be surprised how many learning difficulties that it handles when because you know, you hear, oh, I have a learning disability and I'm going to a special class. It you know, it reduces your confidence level and then some kids come out and they like learn other strategies other kids just get down on themselves and which then contributes more to the lack of performance and it's just kind of like this spiral so i make sure when they come into my class they are so just clear i think they're wonderful um and you know they'll ask me like are you cuz you know sometimes they do things and i you know i i'm not going to lie i intentionally use like a sad face or a, you know but they'll go, are you angry with us? I go, I'm never angry. Like, I might get a little louder to get your attention because you're talking over me. But I'm never mad at you. And that it, it just makes such a difference for them. And two, you know, just how, you know, I came here and I'm like, and, and you know, in, in the program that I lead, I just share from my life and just share everything. I share everything with them. So, you know, they – are right there on my fitness journey they're right there on my you know i was having a bad day one day so my grandma passed away this year and i was having a bad day one of my kids with horrible behavior problems came in and he was already like started acting up and i just called him over i was like look my grandma passed away and they know how much i love my grandma and i said i'm having kind of a rough day today and he was like and I started crying, like it didn't. It wasn't like a plan. I just like started crying, and he goes, "It's okay, Miss Brady. What, like I'll be good." And then he was perfect. It's amazing. But it's like yeah. you know, because I created with him by that point. The I, you know, we're there. Like we're there for each other. Yeah. And so I think that you know, and then anything else, anything you teach is like. Yeah, I still have to do all the curriculum and, you know, sure. which is there's the standards and everything, but I think what makes the biggest difference in my classroom is the relationship I develop with the kids, especially the you're not who you think you are. You're not bad, you're not stupid, you're not any of that. So, that's I think No, it's
0: Yeah, it's great. And it res- I mean, for me it resonates. Like I don't think I realized how like actually intelligent and smart I am until like the last few years. Mm-hmm. And that's so I'm 37 and like I'm just figuring out like when we just did this program this weekend and I'm like r- I was like raving about it cuz it still surprises me cuz the amount of years I thought I was stupid compared to the amount of years I think I'm intelligent mm-hmm. is they outnumber. I mean somebody came up to me at the end of the weekend and went, "I don't know what you do, but you should be a philosopher." And I was like, "Is there someone standing like <laughs> is, is is there like is Plato's ghost like over my shoulder?" Like, but and I'm like so flattered and so, but there's a part of me that can't even be with it. because like, mm-hmm. I held that I was stupid because I struggled with like reading and writing things. And and same thing with the first time I figured I've been writing for, let's just say the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I always thought I was a horrible writer cause I would get papers back and it would look like the teachers slit their wrists in red ink and just bled <laughs> just all over my, <laughs> yeah. And just like, it's all messed up. So we're just going to bleed all over it. And uh, a friend, it was started reading my book that will be out soon. And she was, and she's brilliant and someone I respect and like the opposite of how I feel about myself. Mm-hmm. And she was blown away. And it was, and then when she sent it back to me with some notes and I reread it all of a sudden, because of what she said, the lens I read it through was like, Oh, I'm a really good, right? Re-. Like, yeah, it you know what I mean? Like I had these moments, but then it's about practicing, remembering this. Right. I, I went, yeah. I went through that long stage where I thought I was, there was bad Alex Bad Alex drank and went to bars Uh and like just tried to get laid and like and then there was like good Alex who was not that guy right Right. and it was but like I thought bad Alex was like a real it was like a real piece of me it's it's crazy
1: and it's it's not it's just in that moment you're doing something does it work for your life and what you're committed to maybe maybe not probably not. (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, if you're going out, you know, to moment. bars and drinking and trying to get later or whatever, like, probably not. But there's nothing wrong with that yeah. action.
0: Yeah, it didn't work. Like, it didn't work for me because the next day I would wake up and feel empty and hollow. So it wasn't – in the moment, yes, it might have been fun. Does, like, eating cheeseburgers and fries work for me? In the moment, yeah. Right. I'm psyched in the – I love burgers and fries in the moment. I love pizza and ice cream. Now, the next day – it often, so and the work or like the week and the month, it doesn't really work for me. Um, but it's, it's so, I love that you talked about it from the perspective of them. How do you, do you see, like, is there anything besides, cause you're like one person, right? Making this one difference. Like what happens when they go home and they, you know, and you have them for a select period of the day. Like, how do you, what, do they, what happens? They go home. They're with other people that are like, how do you deal with that?
1: Um, well, so one thing is I'm, kids actually spend more time with their teachers than they do at home just because of the amount of hours of school and the amount of hours that they're awake and activities. And so they actually probably spend the majority, like a huge chunk of time with their teachers. Um, but I don't know what happens when they go home. So, you know, I had one student in his family who's experienced a lot of financial difficulties. Um, so I would keep snacks in my drawer. I always keep snacks in my drawer. I keep snacks that I can't eat because, uh, you know, I (laughs) want, I want to make sure I save them for the kill, the the children and not, uh, ruin my fitness goals. Um, but I keep snacks. And so I make sure that I, I try and find out what happens at home. So I have conversations, which do this weekend, what's going on? Um, so I had this one student who his, his family is experiencing difficulty and so I I let him know, hey, I always have snacks in the drawer for you. All you have to do is ask me, you know, because I don't want kids just going in my drawers. But (laughs) that would be total anarchy. But, um, you know, and I know it's not technically my responsibility. It's not my contract. It's not any of that. But it goes back to the there's a human over there. So just my own personal uh, integrity is I can't, you know, have something available to me that i i can share like you know i'm i'm well fed i don't you know i'm not starving over here um so it's just it's not okay with me so that's just i just look at how can i in in my classroom and then you know if i do have with some parents i do have a relationship like they email me a lot and or we talk and so i do try to make sure i speak in a way where they don't feel attacked, but also at the same time, I'm like, let's try this at home. Or, you know, like I, because I want them to know I have their kids' uh, best interest in mind. And so... Sometimes I have the opportunity to work a lot with parents, and, but I mean really I, I don't know what happens when they go home. So I try to make sure I load them up with as much love and support and, as I can and make sure they know they cannot, like I tell them if my door's unlocked or open, like I like to leave it open, but if it's unlocked, they're always welcome in. If it's locked, I'm in a meeting or I'm not there, but if I'm there, they're always welcome. Yeah. And so I just, you know, it's like what I can do, because then I imagine at some point, then they'll have kids. And they'll remember, you know, what it's like to be loved. And then they'll love their, you know, it's just kind of, or love each other. Or, you know, I don't actually know what difference it's going to make. But I just, you know, I when I have them, I give them everything I've got. So.
0: Something slightly different twist. Yeah. So something I've noticed and I'm curious, like on your take on it, in in the personal development, in the program that I just went through, program you work in, programs I've gone through outside. And even if when I look at often a lot of what's happening in the world, um, a lot of the people that are doing personal development, personal growth, self-help, like there's a, it seems like it's more female led. And that's I don't funny. know that to be a fact. I just that's yeah. my that's my personal experience, right? Yeah. My personal experience is even the programs I've been in, where there's let's just say fifty leaders. Mm-hmm. There's like six dudes, and and various experience, and then there's like all the all these women, and they're yeah. powerful women, and the the six guys are powerful, and right. If we look at our government, it's mostly men, and the owners of companies are mostly men. But in the space of personal growth, personal development my experience is, mm-hmm. is mostly a female-led, and I, I could say from personal experience, it's way easier for me to get female clients than male clients. They're, yeah. they, it's, and it has nothing to do, they're just actually more interested, and I think that ties to like men don't ask for help as much, like we're more resistant to it on a on a, uh, I'm generalizing, but you know, on a on yeah. general basis. I'm curious about your view on like female leadership, and like your yeah. commitments as a female leader, like.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, and this is pulling in stuff, you know, so I don't want to generalize and make stereotypes, but there's what's, you know, society's done a lot of strange things based on gender, right? So it's in the, I feel like the, like, conditions of being a man has been, like, competition, have to win, someone has to lose. Like, you know, you hear about... I mean, at least from when we were kids, like it was boys being bullies and giving wedgies. And like it's but it's like this yeah. it's a, and I think it's a societal thing. I don't think it's inherent in men. Sure. And if you look at women, uh, it's where we've been more pushed to be nurturing, loving, caring, like handling, like taking care of the kids, taking care of the house, going at like more inclusive and so I think just because of how we've been, I don't want to say programmed, but kind of programmed is I think women are a little more focused on everyone wins, which is what. And I think that's kind of how we're sh- the world is shifting into a, a, And it looks messy right now. I think it's just it's, you know, like when you if you come across like a hoarder's house, you have to get it more messy to clean it up.
0: Yeah, that's great. Analogy. And
1: yeah, so I think that's kind of what's happening you know energetically or then the universe sure. whatever you know whatever people believe in but i think there's this shift happening and it is more of like a feminine energy more of a nurturing more of a no we all win and so i think sometimes still there's still that like tie or that hold for what society has told boys and men what it's what it means to be men which is not yes. i don't think it's like inherent i don't think boys and men are just born in a particular way i think we've actually programmed them to be like no tough you can't show emotion you have to and you have to be the breadwinner you have to have it all together and you have to compete and t-. but that's that kind of way those ways of being are not really consistent with or conducive to with development and growth cuz growth is more of a like like you said no that's me out there I, like the community and everyone And so I think that's why there actually are more women, which I mean, I like to see because we have been so male dominated for so long. And um, but at the same time, I don't you know, I'm one of those people who I want to make sure that men don't get like stepped on either. Like it's no women win, men win every like it's really an everyone wins and i saw um, like a funny meme on facebook about rights or privileges or something like if one person gets less you don't or one gets more you don't get less it's not pie yeah which i like
0: <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's really weird i mean i i find i, I there's some men that i know or see on social media and it's like they feel like their masculinity's been taken away or stripped or their balls are being crushed for you know but like I've literally heard that saying. Right. And I'm like and the thing that I don't get is like in my transformation, my masculinity's expanded. Like And I've been able to embrace my feminine, my my feminine also like Mm -hmm. we're when like, right when we're born, we're both like, or when we're an embryo, we're both. And then there's a split. And, and and there's a piece of us that is masculine and feminine. Like Mm -hmm. we have, we all have all the things and it's, it's, it's so weird to me that there's this, I think it's one of the things I'd like to figure out and I would like to support men around, but it's. You being the one in the front of the room leading and not being me doesn't hurt me. Mm -mm. It doesn't take anything away from me. It actually provides an access to something that I don't know, right? Yeah. I know what it's like to be a man. A man leading me can give me great leadership, but there's something that's missing because I am a man. Whereas if it's the opposite, I can get more value, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really depends on how you look at it. Sure. Like if you look at it, no, I'm going to get more from a man. You'll get more from a man. If I'm like, no, I'm going to get more from what? You know, that's just, you know, there's that old saying, mind over matter, which is, I think, uh, more powerful than people give it credit for. Um, but, you know, it's like I said, there's, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of like research, you know, I've been in education for a million and a half years. But there's, you know, when a baby is born, we then either put it in pink or put it in blue. Mm-hmm like who said pink is a girl color and blue is a boy color anyway now pink does happen to be my favorite color but you know that's a, nothing to do with it was my grandma's favorite color so it's my <laughs> favorite color okay um but we put them in pink and blue we give girls dolls and boys trucks and we put boys in sports and girls in dance like is yeah, it as, we a, do. as yeah. the as adults we do that and if someone tries to do something different they get teased made fun of it like they really have to be ready for a fight yeah but it's like you said, we've got we've got everything. Like what if we didn't pick? What if we didn't pick and just kind of raise that per the baby to be a like a decent human being? Like then what would happen? Mm-hmm. Or if we waited until they showed interest in a toy and then gave them that toy yeah. or waited until they showed interest in an activity and then gave or had them try every activity, have them try cooking, have them try soccer, have them try everything.
0: Yeah.
1: like whatever. Like, what would happen then? And I think, um, like you said, men feel like they – because I do hear that men feel emasculated and like that. And it's like, well – but what what's being threatened? And what's being threatened, I think, is the competition, the, you know, I've got it together, I'm strong, I'm whatever. And when anything occurs like a threat, you're – you know, human's automatic um, – responses push back to resist like no versus no you know it's it's okay like it's okay to not be that like masculine macho you know you don't have to
0: i, well, I like your pie analogy too before because that's the thing i'm thinking is like what's been taken away from me by having let's just say any minority any mm-hmm. any race color religion or or gender get something right like if you if you get, as, as a woman, get a little more, you know, you get a, another opportunity in a company. Mm-hmm. Well, if you beat me for the opportunity, congratulations. Like, right. what's the difference if a man beat me or you beat me? Like, it doesn't actually, you won, you won the thing, right? And it, it doesn't have to be, so either way, I didn't get, if, if we're and that's like competitive example, right? Right. But if you just simply get more opportunities, that doesn't take away my opportunities. I still get opportunities. Now, right. what I do with all these opportunities is a whole nother thing. Yeah. And, and look, there's always – I think one of the things is there's always going to be differences. Like, I don't know that we'll ever see a woman in, like, the NFL or in the NBA simply because of genetic structure and differences. Like, it might not – like, there's great female basketball players, right? They would crush me.
1: Right. But when you put a five – sorry, five-foot-six yes. person on the court with a <laughs> six-foot-eight person, yeah, there is the –
0: <laughs> but but they don't. But we're not taking away from each other. Like in the you right. know, and, and that's the thing I think is is, I'm a little confused because I just see it as like I don't understand. Like this is great. Like I don't get it. More, be, more better leaders of all the things. More better companies. More innovation. Like when we say like one group doesn't get to. We all are losing because, you know, if I like didn't let, if you had to stay home and like raise the kids, Uh -uh. but like what if you would have been the person that was going to like create the thing that cleans the environment, but you, we make you stay home to take the kids and now the environment doesn't get cleaned or whatever it is, right? And if we look over time, yes, most things in our world have been created by men because men have been had the opportunity to do that. But what if there were women like who's the Einstein of women that we didn't get to see? Right. Because she had to stay home.
1: Right. Well, there was that uh, doctor, the woman who was a doctor who just got found the first black hole, like to picture took a picture of the first black hole.
0: Oh, okay, cool. I didn't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It
1: was. I don't know. A couple months ago, but the per, you know, they're like, "Oh my gosh, it's a picture of a black hole," and you know, in the description, it was like female and they didn't, you know, she's a doctor, and they didn't put doctor on it, and it was a little offensive, but, um, you know, if she had been made to stay home with the children not that there's anything wrong with that no. you know i think if someone wants to stay home with their kids and they can financially do it go for it but they
0: should be able to be a man and do that too right like it's either one like it's anybody like a, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: anybody <laughs> who wants to stay home with their kids and you know go for it you know if you can financially do it great um i i would not be that person staying home with my children you know because for me it's like you just said if i'm staying home with my kids like and, you know, I'll be home with my kids plenty uh, if and when I have them. But uh, they'll get me. But then there's also all these students yeah. that wouldn't get a teacher who believes in that. You know, they might. But it would mm-hmm. be a, like a crapshoot. Sure. So, you know, like you said, like, I don't I just don't feel like anyone should decide anyone else's future. What happens with their body? What happened? You know, I just. Yeah. You know, and if if I decide what I do with my body, it doesn't impact you in any way. You know, or if you decide what you do with your body, it doesn't impact me in any way.
0: Well, it depends what I do with my body.
1: Well, if you're doing something that harms it, like harms it, like I might, like I might be like, hey.
0: Yeah, or 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 even I use my body to harm someone else, right? Like, like there's a crossover then of like, well, I'm using my body, but now now you're infringing.
1: Right, but if I'm just over here doing whatever with my body and not hurting anyone, like it's who cares?
0: Well, I think I think the bigger thing is like the respect, the thing that you were talking about with kids, like teaching them respect and to see another person as a human being. So. If I, if I saw you hurting yourself, but I viewed you as me, I would actually take a stand for you. Yeah. I might not like put you in handcuffs and hold like that wouldn't necessarily right. help, but I might try to love you or have compassion or whatnot. Um, I think that's the bigger thing is like, if we fell in love with ourselves and we respected ourselves, and then we did that with other people. And sometimes the way to do that with other people, the way to do that with ourselves is through the other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I think it was, gandhi don't quote me but i think it was gandhi who said you find yourself in the service of others yeah which is again why for 12 years i've done personal growth and development and for others you know because i have i really have found myself in being there for others so um
0: megan thank you so much for for being here coming in studio with me um Thanks for the breakthroughs that You're that so I okay. got the, the stand, you know, for me and the people that, that were in this program, um, just like your relentless list to like show up every day and like own where you slipped up or own, you know, where you realized you could have done it different or you know, just like barely being responsible and having yeah. integrity. and. And again, I love the, I'm just in admiration of like how flat you were with people. It wasn't, there was no judgment. There was no opinions. It was just like, I want the best life for you, Mm -hmm. not the life that you want for them, but the best life that they want for them. Yeah. And an unwillingness to, to give up anything else. Thanks for, I know you said you've never done anything like this before. No, I haven't. This
1: is so fun. So
0: thanks for doing (laughs) something new and different and, um, just the heart and the love and the commitment to people that you bring. Appreciate it. Thank
1: you. And, um, you know, the, I'm you and you're me. So everything that you just acknowledged about me is actually who you are. And just what you see, that's what you love about yourself and who you are. So in your acknowledgement of me, thank you. And uh, thanks for getting how awesome you are.
0: Thanks. That's, I've never had that said back to me, that's great. Thank you. Oh, really quick. I don't know if you have anything because it's not like typically what you do. If people wanted to learn more about you or personal development or, or just ask you a question or, mm-hmm. you know, tell you they disagree, whatever it is that right, they yeah. have. Uh, <laughs> tell what's, me, jump in a lake. What's, what's the best way? <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> are you
0: like? Are you on social media? Do you want I, it? You don't have to give. It's not a. I
1: have. Uh, I have an Instagram. Okay.
0: What's your Instagram?
1: It's uh, at mbradypip, like Pretty in Pink. Okay. So it's m b r a d y p i p.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah. Awesome.
1: You can find right. me that way. No
0: worries. Thanks so <laughs> awesome. much. Awesome.
1: Thank you. All right. All right.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason Podcast. I am grateful to have you here. Please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn or YouTube and leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast with a friend. If you want more or you're ready to play a bigger game and create more clarity, freedom and success in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at InspirationalAlex, or you can reach out to me at TheDreamMason.com or even email me at Alex at Remember, you are a Dream Mason because your dreams don't build themselves.